Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. From the Outsky.com sports desk, here's Nolan McGraw with a 105.7 The Fan Fan Flash. According to multiple reports that surfaced on Tuesday night, John Angelos has agreed to sell the Baltimore Orioles to a new ownership team led by Carlisle Group founder David Rubenstein. The deal would bring an end to the Angelos family's 30-plus year tenure with the Orioles, which started back in 1993 when Peter Angelos purchased the team for $173 million. Rubenstein is a Baltimore native and will be set to take over as controlling owner, though the sale must be approved by the rest of the league owners. They'll meet next week in Orlando. Meanwhile, in NFL news, Adam Schefter is reporting that Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald will become the next head coach of the Seahawks. During his two-year return to Baltimore, he received plenty of praise from his players, and earlier this week, Kyle Van Noy explained what would make McDonald a great fit for a team in need of a new leader. I think Mike's going to do a really good job. He's a very solid coach, very good at X's and O's, very good at communicating and getting the team galvanized in the right direction for the main goal. At 36 years old, McDonald becomes the youngest head coach in the NFL. This Fan Flash is sponsored by the Dr. Lairfield Smile Design Center. Call 410-321-1100 to schedule your appointment today. From the Fan Weather Center, mostly cloudy with highs in the upper 40s. I'm Nolan McGraw. Every team, every sport, every day. Ravens, Terps, and O's. And you're home for Super Bowl 58. We are 105.7 The Fan. Inside Access with Jason LaConfora, Ken Wyman, and Tim Barbalace. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 105.7 The Fan. My family owns over 70% of the Orioles. Number two, okay, we're not going anywhere. Number three... The principal owners are Georgia and Peter Angelos. And number four, you see what we're doing here in the community. You also know that in 36 months, with an 18-month overlay of COVID, we were able to turn the entire team around. One of the top five or seven or eight or ten, I don't know, you you probably do know that, Um, reversals in the history of Major League Baseball, while also taking the minor league system from 25th to 1st absolutely no plan to change the partnership group or to change the managing partnership structure that we have to the extent that other people would say hey i i like what they're doing in baltimore and i want to be part of that well sure uh it's john angelos through the years and john angelos uh telling us that they're no going nowhere that's the we know that's the case because they yes. signed a lease agreement. But as far as changing the managing partners, well, everything kind of changed at like 6.05 yesterday as reports started coming out. John Oran now with Puck 
had the first story about uh, David Rubenstein, who we talked about a couple months ago, yes. rumored to be involved in this. And uh, I think John Oran had the report that John Angelos met with him at some country club. And, well, now it comes out that uh, De- that uh, Rubenstein and Angelos came to an agreement on a sale, and it looks like it's similar in structure to when Steve Bashotti bought the Ravens from the Models, in that he's buying a piece first, yep, and then we'll we'll get the rest when Peter Angelos passes away. That is for tax purposes, and so it looks like the Orioles and there is a there is an owners meeting coming up next week. It's not right now on the docket that could change, yep. but looks like times are changing here for the Orioles. Yeah, I, I mean, again, we've heard nothing to the contrary about this not this agreement not being in place. Now, we've heard nothing formally from the Angelos family, and I, I've reached out, have not heard back. We've heard nothing formally from the Orioles, nothing formally from Masson, but all of the reporting, and it is now very widespread um, and very seemingly well-sourced, indicates that this is for the whole entirety of the franchise and Masson, and that this group, led by Rubenstein and now said to include, at least in some capacity, Cal Ripken, uh-huh. Kurt Schmoke, Michael Bloomberg, Grant Michael Hill. Bloomberg, Grant Hill. They will be taking over um, the controlling interest of this team. And obviously that would become formal after Peter Angelos is passing. But personally, I see no reason why, and I've covered many of these sort of situations in the past, why there would be anything to preclude that group from starting to f- pump cash and into this organization and also to be able to start influencing decisions about things like payroll for this organization. So this feels like, to me, an incredible turn of events for this franchise. The fact that someone this wealthy, this much a son of Baltimore. We should also mention Mike Argetti is is also involved in this too. It's it's Rubenstein and Argetti in the original piece. So yeah, you know, I don't the, know who that guy is. He's also a billionaire, but he's not from here. He no, he's city, not. But New York. No, yeah, I get he didn't that. Go to city. Yeah, but I'm just saying yeah, that yeah. He, he's been native. He, okay, he, him too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the reality is this: the guy spearheading this, the one, the person yes. who's one of the 800 richest people on the planet, correct, is from here which obviously matters around here. We are provincial, right? We are very sort of inward-facing at times and very parochial. And the fact that it's someone who went to City, um, who has continued to donate to charitable causes as he built his wealth throughout this area, I think that matters immensely. And again, this feels like something to champion. And the fact that he's buying in now, a lot of times when these guys who don't have professional sports experience are buying in, they're buying in at the bottom, right? They're buying in when a franchise is broken. They're buying in because a scumbag like Jerry Richardson, right, gets caught continually to sexually harass people and are kind of forced to sell, right? Yeah. They get caught down the road in Washington where a perpetual scumbag gets caught violating um, business principles, ethical principles, moral principles, and is accused, credibly, I'd add, of improper sexual behavior by numerous employees over a period of year, right? What's going on over there? They can't find anybody to take their coaching job, right? Mm. Normally, when you're buying in, you're buying in under duress. That piece of crap Donald Sterling says something overtly racist out loud, right? The Clippers are sold. Like, were they on the upswing? No. So usually, that's when you're... This is so different. The dirty work's been done. The gutting out 
has been done and the building up is well underway, both at the major league level and all the way down to that glistening academy in the Dominican. So this just feels to me like the synergy could be off the charts. This guy doesn't have to come in and be the bad guy and strip things down and lay people off and fire people. He doesn't have to come in and hire a manager or a GM. The business side, hell yeah. Masson, hell yeah. But in terms of the baseball product, it's already there. It already won over 100 times last year with no infrastructure in terms of and no major money league spent. payroll. Yeah. Yes. Imagine it with that. This is nothing but great news at the perfect time for this organization. And this could be the actual liftoff that we've been thinking of. And you go from the 18th most wealthiest owner in Major League Baseball to now the 8th most wealthiest owner in all of baseball. You can reinvest now. They have so much payroll flexibility. There is nothing on the books moving forward beyond this year. And, Jason, for everything that you mentioned, the lease is done, and he's got $600 million to play with for for Camden Yards. And he's getting at a time where the redevelopment around there is just right. We've got the top golf and maybe the Paramount Theater, but like it's really still on the ground floor there in terms of just reimagining that whole corridor between, you know, Light Street and 95. So, again, it almost feels too good to be true. Yes. And, and, and reminder, when Peter Angelos bought the team from Eli Jacobs, it felt too good to be true as well. Baltimore guy, made his bones here in Baltimore, lived in Baltimore, was all about Baltimore, and he did spend it first. And then things changed as the landscape of baseball changed. This feels a little different, though, in that this guy's a – Private equity billionaire with another well, private equity billionaire. Yeah, and I mean, like Bone, like you're, like you mentioned the worth of the families, but I mean, how much of the worth of the Angelos family is based on Masson and the team and whatever's left yeah. of the law firm? Yes, yep. they have no other entity no, that is producing money at a game changing rate on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. Like this is a whole different thing, and then you start looking at the entirety of that ownership group and the the liquidity and how many other things those people have been successful doing to amass their wealth. You know, it's very different than a ball club that was bought based on asbestos cases from yeah. a law firm. Because that, that's really the, what happened here. The key word is liquid. The, the, you could have a, a net worth based on something. These guys have a lot of money. Yes. Yeah, that they can spend, whereas, uh, yes. Well, we gotta, we'll be talking about this a lot today. Obviously, Ravens news as well. Mike McDonald going to the Seahawks, if you're just tuning in. Six-year deal. We'll get to that as well. Guess-wise, we haven't talked to our buddy Ryan Ripken in a while. Seems like a good time. Serendipitous to- planning on our part. Yeah. This was planned before the news broke. Yeah, has somebody named Cal Ripken is going to be part of this I ownership think they're group. Related. I think they know each other. We'll talk to Ryan at 3. David Sampson, former Marlins exec, now with Meadowlark at 3.30. Marty Conway. We've been having Marty the one. business of sports. Yes, yes. Nobody knows the business of sports. Like Marty Conway. Like Marty Conway. He's the not good West Coast professor. bias, is he? He is no. not. No, okay, it's good. Dan He's Luss. a for- yeah. Marty Conway, former front office member yes. of the Orioles and other major league organizations. Now an esteemed professor who um, prepares young people to go out into yeah, the Georgetown, sports right? business world. Yes, at Georgetown. Very well connected. Um, cannot wait to get his thoughts on this um, 
amazing development. And Jeff Barker, Baltimore Sun, he's been reporting on this at 4.30. Yeah, and as Gigi noted, we will um, continue to talk a little bit about the remnants of this Ravens season and certainly uh, the pressing matters of hiring a new defensive coordinator. Denard Wilson, just go do it. Yeah, uh, Make it happen immediately. Do it yesterday. Um, and yeah, another wild day in the Baltimore sports scene, and we're here to document it the next four hours. Coming up next here on the program, now that there is new ownership coming in, how big can we dream about payroll? We'll discuss next here on The Fan. Magic happened. The magic of Orioles baseball. When the game is close. Could payroll be double or triple what it is? Or could it be over $100 million or Yeah, I mean, that, we're not there yet. We have a very young team that's overachieved and overperformed because of the great work of our baseball folks. It's not my it's not my job to predict payroll. My job is to make sure that the community partnerships are sustained. Actually, you're the owner. It is your job to predict the payroll because you you sign the checks. But alas, he is no longer the owner. As uh, reports, well, well, he's, well, he's, 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 he is until he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, you know the reports are that David Rubenstein is going to be taking over. The reporting being done is as soon as this is approved, he will be David Rubenstein will be the control man for the Orioles, and he will buy forty percent. Now, I don't know if this is forty percent of the Angelo stake, which they own, I think, around seventy-seven percent right. of the club, or if it's forty percent of the team. He will buy the rest of the Angelos stake when uh, Peter Angelos, who is 94 years old and has been incapacitated for about six years, uh, when he passes away, they will buy the rest of the team. But now that this is the wheels are in motion, as people like to say, how big can we dream here? Uh, Like payroll. I would also think that Major League Baseball would like this Masson thing to go away pretty quickly. And I don't know that now that the parties are no longer involved and the bitterness is there, I, I would think that's that's got to be coming soon. Well, half of it's already been resolved. Yes, but the other half is not. I, like, yeah, I, I but think I mean, it, I, I think you kind of know what the parameters are yeah, now. Like, I, I, I wouldn't sweat that. There's a, There's got to be a check that's going to get written pretty well, quickly. Well, look, and Rubenstein also went pretty far down the road about buying the Nats mm-hmm. at one point in conjunction with Ted Leonsis. Mm-hmm. So he would have a pretty good understanding of all sides of that dispute. And frankly, that money is that's 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 couch cushion money to him. Sure. That's yeah, it's a it's stroking a check. I'm sure he's not gonna fight it. Well, he's not really stroking a check. It's taking monies out of out of the coffers of Masson that's probably sitting there somewhere in escrow and actually having to and, and also that money doesn't just go to the Nets, it goes to the Orioles. Yes, yes. Um yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of things we don't know. What is the future of Masson? At some point, is there Mass in Baltimore and Mass in D.C.? What would this ownership group think of that regional network? Would they be coming in right now saying, you know what, that thing Leonsis is building is kind of fakaka? Let's take them on, and he can have the rights to his crappy hockey team and basketball team that nobody cares about. Ah, you know, People do he- care. Uh, I mean, whatever. They suck. They <laughs> perpetually suck. He won once with arguably the greatest score player, or certainly the greatest player of his generation, yeah. and the maybe the greatest scorer in that sport since Gretzky. And yeah. He's probably up there with Gretzky and Gordy Howe. He won once with him. Yep. Uh, and then fired his coach. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. Um. So he's a bobo, and he's not going to win. Neither of his teams will win. That's proven. So maybe they look at it as the perfect time to to build that into much more. Of a of a true regional content monster, um, certainly we know that the ballpark's getting upgrades no matter what, 
And again, as we were just talking about, the fact that he's not getting in right as the team's about to go from 80 wins to 70 or 70 to 62 or whatever, like that's already happened. The need for cash and the need to compete for players exists right now. They're at that point. Liftoff was allegedly, what, 15 months ago? Yep. So the timing could be pretty incredible. I I will say this the more I've thought about this. I don't like, and he's not Stephen Cohen. And from the little bit we've been able to read about him in the last twelve hours, I don't think he's wired like Stephen Cohen. But like what Stephen Cohen did didn't work. What they did in San Diego didn't didn't work. work. Like throwing money at all your problems at the expense of this or that or the other. I think it's just about continuing to be this holistic baseball operation that they've built with strong tentacles everywhere. Yes, boosting up payroll, sure, but like. I still don't know that. Like, I I, I want to get our jollies off by you know winning a quote unquote bidding war for an overrated player with the Yankees, like Jacoby Ellsbury, or you know what I mean, or like like you can just go through the list of guys people won the right to sign sure. that they regretted three years later. It happened here with Chris Davis. Like, it happened here with Albert Bell. I, I still think there's a level of prudency that needs to exist. Should we be in the top between eight? And 15 in payroll yes. every year? Yeah. Do I need to be top five year after year after year? I don't know that that's good. I don't care how rich the owner is. The way baseball works and the way their revenue sharing does and doesn't work, I don't know that you want to be there. I don't know that you want to be the Padres who've spent so much money. you got to give money back to other teams because you've spent above certain thresholds and you got nothing for it. I, I, but I'm not even being top half <laughs> I mean, that, they should have been in the top half yeah. payroll with uh, the current ownership group. You know, the Angels How about some multi-year forward. deals? Uh, multi-year <laughs> deals. But one of my expectation, guys, when all of this goes through control person, give us a damn contract extension. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you... Well, if take you care can, of your own. That's Just my point. Just take care of your own. That's my point. I, I don't know you need to go out to, and win outside free agency. No, I, take care I, of your own. That's my point. That's my point. Give us an extension to one of your young core guys. And geez, the bar is so low right now, guys. The bar is so low for Rubenstein to come in and look like a hero. If he gave, you know, Cedric Mullins mm-hmm. an extension, everyone would be throwing him a parade. Here's the thing, though. And, and again, I, I'm with you on that. You don't need to sign the Jacoby Ellsbury's of the world, but... Like, I'd like to be involved with supplementing guys. Like, last year, you had the Chris Bassett's and the Nathan Evaldi's, and these were three-year deals. Jordan Montgomery's. Like, yeah. these are these are guys that should have been easy signings yes. for them as, as part of a payroll where you supplement this incredible core. I agree. Um, I, I just think sometimes, like, we there's this rush, you know what I mean? And well, the t- oh the my God! Imagine if we spent three hundred million dollars. Well, well, imagine if you don't spend three hundred million dollars like smartly, right? Then you you bought high on Soto and sold low. Like you you gave up more for Soto to rent him for two years than you got back with one year left. Now, also, not even two years, right? You rented him for yeah. You rented him for a playoff run and a full season, and you. The James Wood kid you gave up, you didn't get anything close to him back in return when you sold low on him. You know, that's not good. That's not good business. And the bottom line is this market, city of Baltimore is shrinking. Like, there's still certain things that it is what it is. Like, the Nats stole a lot of Orioles fans. I don't think they're coming back. So, 
trying to outspend the Mets and the Dodgers and the Yankees still probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me. Yeah, but and just a reminder. So the, the Yankees, Mets, Astros are a top five payroll. Phillies, top five payroll. Braves, Rangers. You know, the Dodgers and Yankees, you, you're right. You get distracted by them. But you do have to, when you look at baseball, you do have to spend to be successful. You do have to spend. That's why we're talking about like 10 to 15. I'm good with that. Yeah. Upper half. Eight yeah. to Every 15? single year. You know, I, again, and now maybe the labor rules change. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't have to start paying money on top of money when you spend to a luxury threshold. But when that exists and you're not a true big market team, and just because they have a billionaire owner now doesn't make them, a, it doesn't make Baltimore more affluent, right? It doesn't make Baltimore. All of a sudden, Baltimore City expand in terms of population. It's not. It's constricting. Like, there are certain facts. Like, Houston, that's a growing, booming market. This isn't. So, your spending in baseball can come at a cost. Not just in terms of, oh, my God, we spent too much for this player, but what it means we have to redistribute to other teams that aren't spending. Just a reminder, the league average in payroll right now, according to Spotrack, is $158,532,197. These guys are half that. Yeah, the Orioles are at $80 million. Yeah. So you you can spend significantly for them, and not you can get the half. Uh, t- they were at that point in 2017, 2018. The top yes. eight teams are over 200 million, and nine is at 196. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
So that's that's probably the area you're looking at. Hey, coming up next, we have to get to the football and a move that kind of felt like it was coming over the last couple days. Mike McDonald, he's leaving the nest. He's the new coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Our thoughts next here on The Fan. I think Mike's going to do a really good job. If he gets a head coaching job, he's going to be really, really good. Very solid coach. Very good at X's and O's. Very good at communicating and getting the team galvanized in the right direction for the main goal. He loves football. You know, I think that's awesome for him to get looked at a head coaching at such a young age that he has, I guess, in the league. But, you know, hats off to him. He called a great season as a D coordinator and I think it whoever gets him if he gets the cycle this year if not he's going to be at the tops next year and the year after that so um, I expect big things out of him. Kyle Van Oy talking about Mike McDonald and two years ago Mike McDonald was the youngest defensive coordinator in the NFL two years later he's the youngest head coach in the NFL uh, according to reports signing a six-year deal with the Seattle Seahawks Mike McDonald now going from the uh, northeast to the Pacific Northwest and Jason what do you think of the hire good for them I mean there were a lot of smart people in this league who I talked to who felt like Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald were clearly the two first-time head coaching candidates who rose above the rest and were the cream of the crop in that bin. Right? You've got guys who've done it before. You got guys who've done it before who aren't in the game like Leslie Frazier, mm-hmm. right? And you so you've got sort of like Belichick would be in that bin now, right? You've got guys who've been head coaches before but then are now trying to relaunch themselves as coordinators like Dan Quinn. Um and then you've got guys who are going through the the head coaching cycle as an interviewee for the first or second time and who have never been a head coach before at any level. And Mike, again, Mike McDonald, Ben Johnson, everybody agreed those two, their body of work, where they were, spoke to them having their, you know, potentially their choice of jobs. Um, ben Johnson decided he he turned down a bunch of opportunities and, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. So to go back but to he Trump. had opportunities. And McDonald ultimately, you know, look, I I, I think the commanders, if, if the Seahawks didn't pounce on him, I think the commanders would have been stupid not to. And I'm sure they would, would have been right there or were right there. Um, these are franchises at very different sort of stages of their roster construction. These are franchises, if you want to look at talent on defense, his side of the ball, are at very different stages. And whatever you may think of, you know, Geno Smith as their long-term answer at quarterback, it's clear right now in the NFC you could win 10-11 games with yeah. Geno Smith and yeah. go to the playoffs. And once you get in over there, you don't have to go through a Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson or a Joe Burrow, right? Over there, you got Stafford, who's 1-1, and everybody else. Mm-hmm. And Stafford's getting up there. And Stafford's getting up there. And Stafford, at the middle of this season, he was broken. So, I get it, man. Um... And hats off to John Schneider. And I think those two will love working together. And he does have pieces on defense. And he deserved to get one of these jobs. And he he kicked ass here. And, and he added to an amazing lineage of defensive coaches in Baltimore. Now the Ravens got work to do. Yeah, by the way, according to the guys that cover the commanders, 
Anthony Weaver is very much in play for this commander's job. And that like that that surprised me, but they, they're all reporting that they're very impressed with Anthony Weaver. Well, look, I don't think you could go from Ron Rivera to Dan Quinn. Like yeah. that's the same guy. Like that's the same that's the really the same guy. Like everyday sunny, pom pom, leader of men. From a from a tactic standpoint, from a strategy standpoint, they they've both been kind of exposed. Like, you know, Ron Rivera's married to Tampa two. This guy, Quinn, is married to cover three, like his boy Pete Carroll. Mm. Like I I don't know, man. They've had their chances, right? Both got to Super yeah. Bowls, couldn't win them. Like, not really innovators anymore. I, I don't know. So I don't think they can go down that road. Like it's not gonna be Bill Belichick. They're not hiring a seventy-two year old, mm. first time head, first time owner, owner yeah. right? He's, he's hiring a guy knowing I'm gonna be hiring somebody else two years from now. So then you double back to who they've already met with. A lot of those people are off the table. Bobby Slowick staying in Houston. Ben Johnson didn't want to take their money. Canales, I you know, like he took another job. Callahan took another job. Like there's nobody in this Super Bowl. Like I don't think they're waiting, you know, for Steve Wilkes. You know, like I, there's, they're not. Nobody's hiring Matt Nagy. You know what I mean? Like they're Spags. I mean, somebody should have hired Spags by now, but they're not waiting on Spags. That that's another Dan Quinn, Ron Rivera, defensive side of the ball. Did it as a head coach a while back. Didn't go so great. So I mean, whoever we were, like I was on the radio in DC last night. I'm like, like, what do you think they should do? I'm like I'd jump on a plane and talk to Lane Kiffin. I don't know. Yeah. He knows college quarterbacks. You're about to draft a college quarterback. Like, I, I mean. Either either hire somebody you've already talked to, or you go way outside the box. Well, the the issue is, ultimately, they got hung out to dry by Ben Johnson. And right now, that put them in the situation where they're the last vacancy. So, I mean, they they were holding out for him, and then he burned them at the last second. So let's go back to the Ravens. And now they have a hole with defensive coordinator. Jason, you and I have both been pretty vocal. Denard Wilson uh, should be the guy. But if Anthony Weaver does not get the job in Washington, he's still here, and Chris Hewitt is also still here. Yeah, I think it's real simple, especially if Anthony Weaver has the leverage of being a head coach somewhere else. Hey, Denard Wilson, you're making the rounds for all these DC jobs. We'll be, we'll, we'll pay you whatever you want. Like, mm. we're, you're our guy. Because you might lose Anthony Weaver anyway. Yes. And if Anthony Weaver has a problem coming back here and working on Denard Wilson's defense, then Anthony Weaver can go be a D coordinator somewhere else. But, like, I'm trying to – I don't want to be at the whims of somebody else's coaching search. So, again, there's five or six teams who have talked to or, or, or Denard, and some want to talk to him again. I My priority number one as a coaching staff, as an organization, is getting Denard Wilson off that circuit and bringing him home. I think it's a no-brainer, and it's a hot commodity in, in among coaching. Man, you think of all the interviews that Denard Wilson has already taken and what he did with the Eagles secondary the year prior where it was one of the best in all mm-hmm. football. Then it fell off a cliff this year. You look at the Ravens secondary last year. It was towards the bottom of the league in passing yards allowed, where the secondary, you think of all the guys that have taken – Big-time steps under Denard Wilson, the Brandon Stevens of the world, the Kyle Hamiltons of the world, and I don't think that that's and I'm going to say this down. again. He signed a one-year deal. Yeah. So he's a complete – this isn't like where, oh, well, what about a lateral move and we could lean on him here? You, he's got – his contract's expiring. Yeah. He set it up real smart, and he kicked ass, and the team he left fell apart in the back end when he left. Like, don't overthink this. Get him back here. 
And by the way, and do it, do it immediately. Mike McDonald's going to get to Seattle. He's probably taking some coaches with him. Yes, Absolutely. like Zach Orr, who yeah. has been very yes. impressive, could be his defensive coordinator. Yes, like, like they're going to be, they're going to lose some other coaches. This is going to be a bit of a, and you don't want to. To me, uh, you don't want to lose Denard Wilson. Also, it, like it's going to be quite a gutting on the defensive side. You that like, okay, like you want to talk doomsday scenario? That's how you become the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Because. Fangio goes down to Miami. They think they're keeping him, right? Mm-hmm. They let Denard Wilson see what's on the other side because they don't give him the job. He he goes to a better spot, kicks ass, right? Now, now they, they give it to Sean Desai. By the middle of the year, Sean Desai's not even calling any plays anymore. Mm-hmm. Four weeks later, everybody finds out about it, and then he's fired at the end of the year, right? To go back to Fangio. Yeah. So, like, go get Denard Wilson right now. Period. I'm. Com- we fight about some things. We're not fighting about this at all. I I've been huge on the Denard Wilson train as well. Hey, coming up next, Ravens might lose some coaches. They, they could lose some players as well. They've got some cap issues, and they've got some guys with big numbers. Might be time to take a bit of a haircut. Who's seen EDC in the barber shop? We're going to tell you next here on the fan. Time to welcome you into Eric DaCosta's Barbershop. Uh, I was trying to think, was it the Mighty Sharp was the name of the barbershop on uh, Coming to America, and maybe EDC will have to open one up at the castle because there are some guys with big cap numbers, and we talk about how the cap is fungible, but at some point you got to pay the piper, and there's some guys that have cap numbers that aren't commensurate with their performance anymore, and it's time for some of these guys to maybe take a bit of a haircut, is it not? Oh, it's time. Uh, that's the league, right? I mean, that this is this isn't because they lost that game or because they came up a little short of expectations or like this isn't retaliatory. This is the ever massaging world of of the salary cap, and you're constantly maneuvering and you're constantly reassessing and you're always looking for value. And we know these contracts. <laughs> are often very one-sided and the the devil is in the details and once you get to points where you're you know of that deal where it can be cheaper from a cap or cash standpoint to move you via trade or elsewhere or where and if you're not producing at the level you were when you signed the deal then it, it these teams generally operate in in one manner, you know, and these become very one-sided contracts. You're bound to them, but they ain't really bound to you. And, you know, I think really Ronnie and Marlon will always kind of be joined at the hip, right, from sort of the way they were drafted and where they were drafted and how they rose to prominence and what a huge role they played on that 19 team, right, that really kind of recast the entire organization and then how closely together their deals were done. How similar? I mean, they're almost identical deals. They took them at different times, but almost identical deals. And then both have struggled to stay on the field and perform to the highest levels of their ability since that 2019 season. And so it's only natural that now we would be sitting here when the quarterback's making more money. um, And at a time when the owner last year dipped into his pockets deeper than he had really in at least six years. To start spending money that you 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 come to a push pull, and their recent draft picks now look much deeper and more robust than they did a year ago, which means you got to start putting money aside to pay those guys. So yeah, I I I, I can't imagine a scenario where Marcus Williams, Ronnie Stanley, 
and Marlon Humphrey are all back on their current contracts. Like, all back, you know what I mean? Yeah. Based on the Status deals quo. they signed at the time they signed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just looking at the three contracts on overthecap.com. I mean, Ronnie's the one that you can kind of get out of the easiest. He's due $15 million base salary, $4 million of that in a roster bonus, but you could save $8.3 million by releasing him. Um, Marlon Humphrey, he's got a cap hit of $22.8 million. It looks like $6.5 million becomes fully guaranteed, Vesta fully guaranteed in March. His base salary is 11.75, and we brought up in the past the Marcus Williams of it all, where he's got five million dollars of his 12 million dollar base salary fully guaranteed. So that's a tough situation there. But all of these guys, you know, Ronnie and Marlon, cap hits of over 20 million, and Marcus Williams, 18.7 million, and all of them with warts. Where Marcus Williams. It's unfortunate. I mean, when he was with the Saints, he didn't get hurt. He no. didn't miss games. Now where, he don't, now he, all he does is get yeah, hurt. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's been hurt both years. And Ronnie Stanley, we know what's going on with him. And, and with Marlon Humphrey, you go back to 2021 where he was having a bad year. Then he got hurt. Bounced back last year. And then this year, missing half of the season. So it, a lot of questions uh, and holes with all three of them. I'll give Marcus Williams credit for this. For Number one, playing hurt. Sure. And, and number two, I was, you know, I was super concerned about him in the playoffs. He played in two playoff games, and I don't remember him costing them anything in those playoff games. So I'll give him full credit for that. But the health thing is an issue, and he has not been healthy in two years here, and he's, he's not performed commensurate to that contract. So Jason, this is a tough massage though for the GM because the player doesn't have to agree to like they they sort of have some leverage here. The player, they they, they you going to cut him and, I, and take I think a, out of the three? I think Marcus Williams has the most leverage because he's got the he's five got the million. Biggest, fully he's guaranteed. got the biggest chunk. Yeah, yeah, fully guaranteed. Um, oh, I don't. I mean, again, and the the I know Eric likes these guys a lot, and mm. he's heavily invested in them personally and professionally. But ultimately, it's a business. Like, I mean, anybody can watch the film. I mean, they don't have any leverage. Mm. <laughs> you want us to trade you? you, you want us well, to trade you to the Panthers? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you know, I mean, there's some teams where you could absolutely start, right? And they'll they'll pay you full freight. I mean, you want to win three games in Carolina next year? We can do that. You know, I'll I'll take a five. I'll take what I can get. I, I mean, I, I like you're not. You've got major health red flags. You haven't been on the field that much. And when you have, it's been difficult to play at the level that led you to get paid in the first place. And as football players get older and they get more beat up, unfortunately, it's like when you buy a car and it's worth less the second you take it off the lot. Like, you know, that that's that's the reality. You know, were they a, were they a major reason why this team won thirteen games? No. So if we know it, and the Ravens know it, and the rest of the league knows it, you know that's reality. And and this team has had blind spots, right? They've got areas where they cannot get personnel evaluations correct to save their ass. Offensive line and corner ain't two of those. Mm-hmm. In fact, part of the reason that Marlin in particular is expendable is because of the rise of Brandon Stevens. And what a value pick he looks like right now. So, yeah, I mean, 
I think the question is this. What are the odds that all three of them are back? Reduce salary or not? Yeah. I personally, for a team that's in Super Bowl or bus mode, yeah. Ronnie Stanley can't be my starting left tackle. I, I, I need... I, Bro, they rotated tackles like six of the last seven games of the season. That happened. Yeah. And you can't trust him to stay healthy at this point. You just can't. I, I gotta. I gotta move on. Yeah. Like I, I. I'm. I am upgrading at left tackle. And he's the easiest contract to get out from under. Coming up next here on the program, the Orioles are, according to reports, are soon to have new ownership led by David Rubenstein. Cal Ripken uh, is allegedly going to be part of this ownership group. Our buddy Ryan Ripken going to join us next here on the Fan Inside Access. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.